Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. The theme of today's Just Being Honest podcast is, well, it's about self-love. It's about challenging the voices, or maybe it's just one grueling voice within your head. The voice that tells you, I can't, you can't. It's about challenging it, transforming that into I can. It's about discovering the qualities of your relationships and how those determine the quality of your life. More importantly, discovering that the most quality relationship is the one you hold within your own soul. Guys, I can't wait to share this podcast with you. It's a little bit vulnerable, but I think you all can relate. It's about the mental aspects, body image, and about how it can completely make you or break you. But most importantly, about those thoughts and actions, skewed sights of what you see within yourself, what you see within others. It's about how you learn to control every aspect of that in a positive way. Join me. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. Health is wealth, my friends. Listen up. Hi, guys. (laughs) Hey. It's the Just Being Honest podcast. This is your health and lifestyle manifestation coach, KB, here with a very special guest today. Have you guys ever woken in the morning and thought to yourself, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, and you kind of play these mini stories in your mind of why you can't do something? All right, today we are gonna be all about I can. I am placing those positive affirmations in your mind and making those goals into reality. It's not just about that. It's about taking those mental mental games, shifting them, learning how to shift them from the mental games that you're telling yourself that may result down into the, uh, the body awareness games that you're feeling, that you're seeing, and shifting those, manifesting those into goals that are gonna better you. So bear with me, we may have some background noise today, but bear with me. Got a lot of action going on where we are. So without further ado, I welcome you, Miss Robin Dealey to the Just Being Honest podcast. Welcome, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, an absolute pleasure to be here. Just kicking off, I think it's so funny, I listened to one of your previous podcasts and you're talking about putting energy out and things happening and I actually did 
an interview on Monday about self-love and had a very similar conversation that I'm sure we're going to have today, which opened up some other things for me, which was fantastic. And then this actually was supposed to happen two days ago, and then we moved it to today, and I actually didn't know today was Women's Day, which was like a what moment. Was, I was like, how did that Yeah, I knew, it was, I knew it was Women's Month, um, but I didn't know today was actually Women's Day, so when I realized that yesterday and knew we were doing this podcast, I was like, yes! Like, yeah. I'm so amped it's today. <laughs> things are meant to be. All the vibrations that we yeah. see together, I was connected to the whole time. <laughs> but guys, guys, okay, so... This, this is meant not, to get recorded today. This is not airing on um, International Women's Day, but today... But it is today. But today <laughs> is International Women's Day. Robin's sitting in front of me. I love it. I wish you could see it. She has a shirt on that says, Girl Power! It's my favorite shirt. Yes, Spice Girl. Spice up your life, for sure. Um, but let's kind of, like, dive in. Okay, so we are both, like, totally amped up. And, like, we're going to totally yes. bounce off this, like, Women's Day. Because we're both doing amazing things. You are doing amazing things. You have come so far. And, guys, to tell you a little bit about Robin, and she's going to tell you a little bit more, kind of, about her journey. That's why we're here today. So, Robin has always been an entrepreneur, I'm going to say always. You may, you may say, like, what? No, not, not no. always. Okay, well, but she has she has most recently been, like, this powerful girl power entrepreneur. That part's true. Yes. <laughs> um, health, nutrition, um, positive empowerment, mm-hmm. I would say. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it took her a while. It took her, gosh, her whole life. Almost, yeah. And, yeah. And how old are you? You're not even 30. I'm 25. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. She's like... <laughs> She acts like so she's I say, like, oh, my whole life, yeah, but she I'm acts 25. like 30-something. Old um, soul is a term that gets used on me quite exactly. frequently. <laughs> I hear you, sister. Same here. But um, so her whole life, she's been working on herself, like many of us. You know, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not defined as something, or we don't tell ourselves that we are something at a certain age. I think it evolves. Um, we go through ups downs, leaps and bounds. Yes, I did rhyme. Um, but there was a particular time in Robin's life um, when a little more self-discovery was coming about. Um, particularly seven years ago, um, she she kind of started going through, and you can go further with this, yeah, some, I can, some, I can troubled, some, some troubled times. Um, and I think all the ladies and men out there, because I know there are some men that listen to this podcast, because <laughs> uh, they like to get honest too. Um, but, you know, I think everyone can realize, or excuse me, relate, um, that it's not just mental awareness. Like, what I talk and counsel with my clients is the mental awareness, but body image, body awareness, that energy, that vibration within yourself. Um, it's in with all of us, and it doesn't matter you know, how am I going to word this? Um, you can look at someone <laughs> and not, basically you can look at someone and um, you can not know what they're struggling with. Oh my God. That is like my mantra is everybody has their shit and yes. it's not flashy. It's not like super inspiring, but it is something that's probably my one biggest takeaway from like everything I've gone through. What I talk to people about is that everyone has their shit. And so everyone's dealing with things. I'm like, well, I'll go back and talk about my story, but I mean, there's so many things. When you were talking, I was like, oh my God, I want to say this, I want to say this. Um, So I think one of the biggest issues is 
people look at other people who are happy. And I'm struggling with, I'll talk about this, I had a very severe eating disorder. And you look at someone who is full of self-love and they are just, you know, they're, they're in good shape. You see them eating well and they're just happy. You can tell people who genuinely have self-love for themselves. You might not realize that's what it is at the time. You tell yourself, oh, they're conceited. They're full of themselves. Look how, like, showy they are. That person loves themselves. And one of the main things I learned, have learned, is that person probably loves themselves so hard because they had zero love from themselves at one point, very commonly. That's why they they love themselves so hard oh. because they were so hard on themselves beforehand. Yes. And every like so we just go around assuming like oh they've had such an easy life. That person has never never felt pain or trauma or hardship. Like they've just always been happy like this. And it is so far from the truth. Everyone has had to deal with pain. Everybody has suffered. And when you kind of realize that, you have this like weird connection with everybody, anybody you meet, even if you make assumptions about them, you always in your mind are saying, you don't know this person's story. You don't know this person's story. It makes it so much easier to connect with people and, and be okay with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, once you realize that, that was a huge thing for me. You're like, I'm the only one suffering. And like you said, so many people are going to listen to me t- share my story and they're going to relate to it because so many people go through the same thing. My story is not unique. Mm-mm. It's not special in any way. I guarantee you millions of girls, even guys could be like, oh my God, that's even exactly guys, my life. Even guys, that's yeah. my life. And, but we, like, it's such a secret and we shroud it in shame mm-hmm. and we don't want to share it with anybody. And so it just manifests and develops into these much worse issues, like way, way worse. And so that's what we're going to talk about today of how to kind of break free from that because it's so common and, it's, it's so easily, not easily, but it can be, you can be freed of it. You really can. And it's so possible and tangible. And so that's what I'm really excited to talk about today. But that's one of my biggest things that I told myself frequently was everyone has their shit. Yes, <laughs> everybody has their does. Um, it's just, are you willing to be vulnerable to share that shit and say, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. and say like, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I am human. I yeah. am human. And I think the thing is, is that we live in such a judgmental world. It's such a judgmental it's world. It's very sad. We can see what everyone is doing 24-7, you know, and it doesn't matter. You know, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, whatever. And, you know, it, it's kind of takes me back to, like, my middle school, you know, like, you find out I wasn't invited to that sleepover, <laughs> and like someone like posts a photo or something, or yeah. like I wasn't invited to that wedding, and then mom or dad <laughs> tell you like, oh well, you know, just because they look happy doesn't mean they're. Happy. And it is not the same when you're, especially when you're younger, talking about teenage years. Like, well, they're mean to you because they're jealous. That does that fixes nothing. Exactly <laughs> fixes, fixes zero. You're like, well. I don't care why they're doing. I don't care why they're doing those things to me. I care that they're doing them. I just care about how I feel right now, how it's making me feel when, you know, girls at school uh, spread rumors and you know say hateful things and friends turn their back on you and all that mm-hmm. all that stuff when and they say oh well, she's just too, she's so perfect that that word and yeah. it's like yeah they just know nothing and you're not willing to open up and so my story is I struggled with a very severe eating disorder um, I was bulimic for a solid solid seven years um, or it's physically binging and purging but then another three years after I kind of hit my breaking point um, where I stopped 
Uh, but the mental effects, oh my oh, God, yes. were just, for three years after that, were, I was, I was still sick completely. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of, anybody who's had an eating disorder and is trying to recover, has recovered or wants to, just because the physical side effects aren't there anymore does not mean you're better. That is literally like the first hurdle. And then there's 50 more. Um, trying yeah. to undo all of the emotional damage that has also manifested physically. It's not just talking positively to yourself and getting rid of the anxiety and clearing your mind and being able to focus um, and enjoy a moment and be present. That is all the mental stuff that goes with it, but it manifests physically. It does. I mean, after I got kind of, I was like starting to, you know, eat better and things like that. And I wasn't, you know, getting rid of my food anymore. I still would get sick. I still, you know, I didn't feel strong. I still didn't really have a lot of energy. I had more when I was eating properly, but until I actually overcame it mentally, I was not all there. Right. I was probably 60% there. Right. I mean, what people, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah, no, please do. What people, (laughs) no, you're, I want you to, oh, ding dong, we've got a doorbell. Um, (laughs) Surprise guest. Surprise guest. Um, guys, again, where I am, we've got a lot of action going on. It is like, wow, vibrations. So can I just share with you what, um, what a lot of people assume about eating disorders is that, or just body image in general in the judgmental world we live in is, you know, unfortunately people look at someone and say, oh, you know, she's fat. She's skinny. She must have anorexia, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that could not be the case at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually, I went, you know, for example, I went through a time in my life where I I had a horrible, I had a worm. I had a worm. I was in Southeast Asia. <laughs> I had a worm. I had a worm. Put it out there. Everyone's got their shit. I had a worm. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thin. I was gray. You know, whatever. You know, some people have issues like that or, you know. You don't um, know. Exactly. You have no you don't idea. Know. Or they could be looking very, very thin, and then honestly, like there is such thing as a morbidly obese, thin person. So you don't know. So don't judge. But the thing that people don't realize is that with eating disorders, it's it's honestly it's not about the it's not really about the food, um, as more as the control. Yeah, it manifests um, in food. It manifests food, in food, but it's not because you can control always, that. Yeah. You can control that mentally, physically, and it's almost like winning a prize. Like, like um, for instance, uh, I'm gonna just kind of go off on a tangent. Like the, <laughs> the ketogenic diet, yeah. where people hold off for a certain amount of time to see how long, you know, whatever they can <laughs> deplete some sort of energy store. It's kind of like that. It's like they're like, I did it. You know? um, so for anorexia, it's it's that is the control for other things like binge eating or bulimia and things like that. Um, it's actually more of like a coping mechanism. So anorexia is extreme control, and I would say bulimia and binge eating and and over like obesity thing, like a food addiction. I would say it's more of a coping mechanism. And it's a lack of control. So they're very contrasting in that way they do manifest around food and the anxiety and everything is centered around food um, but like for me personally it was a stress coping mechanism I had horrible anxiety I was really stressed uh, I had a lot of family stuff going on at the time um, and I was 14 oh, and when it started and so by the time I hit 16 that I the first time I did it and I just had this like wash of 
like release. Like I was like calm. Like I was having anxiety, having a panic you, attack. Yeah, and you, I just you made yourself. Yeah, up. and yeah, and it's. I mean, mm. almost every single person who struggled with bulimia will say it's, it's that cathartic feeling after. Mm. That's for a lot of people. That's what it is. Some for some it is centered around weight. And that's why it's kind of scary that most people with bulimia are of normal weight. So you can't just pick that person out and go, oh, we should really, you know, see if they're doing okay because they're really underweight. The amount of doctor's visits I went to, sick, I was sick constantly because I was, my body was so malnourished, but I was of like a normal weight. I had a doctor once tell me I was actually like overweight um, oh, <laughs> and for my height. And I was like, okay. And the amount of times I went and said, I don't know why I keep getting sick. I'm exhausted. Um, what's wrong with me? Not one doctor asked me about my diet. I'm not kidding. Well, not one. Let me just kind of share <laughs> something t- with you, Miss Robin. Talk about a tangent. <laughs> no, th- we are. This is like tangent episode. Um, so Miss Sally Berry of Body Fuel. Um, she's actually my mother and works hand in hand with my with business with me. She has worked m- with many eating disorder clients mm-hmm. and um, and what she's. I mean, I think many people don't know this, but doctors don't have to take nutrition courses. That at all. blew my mind when I found that. I talked to someone in medical school, and he was like, "Well, we get we receive very little um, no. nutrition training. It's None. like eight hours out of the entire thing." I was like, "Are you in school for like eight years?" None. None. <laughs> so my best bet, guys, if you are listening right now, if you have gastro problems, if you have you know, a lot of things. See can, someone like Catherine, start with your food. It can, it can be solved with nutrition, um, first and foremost. Um, doctors, honestly, not to bash any of them out there. And it's they not their fault. It's not their it's fault. Not, it's, it's not like they go fault. in like, oh, I'm going to, you know, screw over people. That's what they're taught is pharmaceuticals, medicine, let's run tests. Let's, it's it's what they know. It's what they were taught, you know. It's, right. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, let's look at your diet when they receive no training. Um, but I'm, that's why I'm so glad, like, functional medicine um, and things like that are becoming more prevalent and more people in the medical field are moving towards that because mm-hmm. people are going, actually, you know what? Maybe what we eat does have a huge impact on us. Right. Like, and, a huge. And what we've got to do is we've got to realize, you know, people want the best bang for their bucks, so they'll say, like, oh, health Absolutely. insurance. Guys, health insurance is crap. <laughs> I mean, seriously, health insurance is crap. So, like, if the if you ask a nutritionist, do you take health insurance? And they, I mean, it's really, it's not covered under health insurance. Yeah, they can send you a super bill. <laughs> the insurance can see what they can do from there. But, guys, it's worth it. How many times, how many dollars are you going to spend on pharmaceuticals, on random who knows what treatments yeah. to guess when you could go to a one-stop shop, get the right tests from the right person. I'm telling you, Sally Berry, I will put her name in the show notes. <laughs> because, and she's amazing. She's yeah. helped so many people. I'm sure people like Robin, you know. Um, but Robin, okay, so guys, and I, I do want to say that I'm, yeah, we are sharing a lot of graphic probably information regarding eating disorders. Um and we'll kind of take some step back. We're not, we're not, like trying to teach you how to do certain techniques to have an eating disorder. We're, t- <laughs> oh God, we're no. trying to like, no, we're trying to tell how to control your life in, um, which we'll get back to. Yeah, <laughs> control your life in more powerful, girl power, guy power, even ways. Human power. Human Just, power. Superhuman yeah. power. Manifest your goals. To be truthful. 
you know? Um, so I do want to kind of like jump back though, because you said it started yeah. at 14. You're 25 now. You said it started at 14. I, I'm kind of curious. Do you realize right now, or do you have any inclination of maybe what a trigger was? Because there are triggers yeah. to anything. So I've always, I'm a Virgo. I'm a very, <laughs> yeah, I'm a very, I'm a very anxious, naturally yes. stressed. We like detail, perfectionism, and mm-hmm. background noise and things like that. So that was, that was me. I was already prone to those tendencies. Um, I had separation anxiety from my, my mom when I was young. Like I just was an anxious child. Mm-hmm. Um, very joyful as well. You know, I definitely enjoy, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I love being around people and things like that, but I definitely was prone towards anxiety. And when my family started to go through this really, really rough patch, um, my sister was struggling with some just um, substance abuse stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just kind of put our family through the ringer. And I was young, you know, when all this was going on, and it just amplified my anxiety, put it through the roof. So that's what led me towards that coping mechanism because that's what it was for me. It was a way to cope with my anxiety. When I started to get, you know, borderline anxiety attacks and just consumed by my thoughts and things like that, I would binge and I would purge and that because I knew the feeling afterwards was relief, just mm-hmm. relief. And so that's the cycle you get stuck in. Was it like you a know? clarity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's completely, it's cathartic. It really is like that whole cycle of, it, of eating and then getting rid of it, it. It was like my reset button, which is awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it could not be worse and more self-damaging, self-harming, but that was how I coped with my anxiety and stress. I didn't have healthy methods of doing it. And that's why it's, I mean, when I told my family and everything like that, it was so hard. That was the one thing I really dreaded, was telling my family, because they love me so much. My parents are incredible. They they could not have more unconditional love for me. But I was sick. It didn't matter how much they loved me, because it wasn't about that. It wasn't about not having enough people who liked me, um, that made me turn, you know, that I needed to be thinner and then people would like me. That wasn't my, that wasn't my why. My why was the anxiety and the stress. And then it turned into a weight thing that just kind of, it morphed into that. It evolved and I became obsessive about my weight. But that, again, just a component of it. But at the core, it was about just my anxiety and not knowing and all the the doubts and insecurities I developed about myself and what I wanted to be and then it does just morph into a total body image thing as well that becomes just the sister element yeah that just feeds the anxiety and the stress and it just becomes worse and worse and you're snowballing out of control oh yeah it's um it's what I like to call it's um basically you're spiraling down it's kind of like you're, you made it to the top, um, and you're starting to feel like, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine again, I'm mm-hmm. fine again. You get to the top of the, what I'm going to call it, the, the fire, the fire station pole, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, shit, yeah. and you like, you like spiral back down, you're yeah. like, <laughs> um, that's what I like, you, you spiral yeah. back down into the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what was I going to ask? Um, if you want to write stuff down while we're talking, because yeah, I thought about just telling you that, I'm like, I might, like, write a note down right. every now and then just so I don't forget where we're at. But um, but, but what I want to ask is that, like, you know, gosh, we grew up in a time, because we're, I mean, I'm five years older than you, but we grew up in a time that, you know, 
meditation wasn't blown out there. People were no. like, I'm meditating! <laughs> or, like, yoga. Like, people, like... Yeah. I just feel like it wasn't so, like, branded out there. No. Um, so it's kind of... And it, it's almost like the Stouffer dinners, where it's, mm-hmm. like, that was the normal, like... Like, we're nowadays pretty, like, farm to market. Like, yeah. it's just, like, so modern, you know? But everything was still pretty old school when we grew up. And I don't yeah. feel like also therapy was very widely acceptable. Yeah. Or, like, like... Asking for help is still so limited. Poo-pooed. Like, the amount of people who will not ask for help, I was one of those people. Um, I just got really lucky, honestly. Um, but back then, it was even worse. Because people weren't even acknowledging that it was... People weren't even talking about it at all. Now it's like there's more information out there. It is like mental health and depression yes. and eating and it's disorders. So... It's more out there. People are still terrified to ask for help. But back then it was like no one even knew it. Like you were sad all the time and you were depressed. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what it was. You just right. kind of dealt with it. You're like, this is my life. Like this is yeah. just how I feel. Yeah. Like no one even had an idea really. I, I have to share a story with you. I, um, I kind of – my parents – and just being honest here, my parents <laughs> got nice. separated when I was a junior in high school. They got divorced when I was a senior in high school. I ran away to, to <laughs> Texas. I could not have been further out of my element. <laughs> um, and I, I, I ran away. I ran away from the emotions that were happening mm-hmm. in my life. And I remember I, I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone. And this is a back on the therapy point. Um, and then it was that one, I remember I talked to a friend who I knew back from my hometown and, um, and I actually, you know, it started off, I, I went off to a college counselor mm-hmm. and I just unleashed and said, you know, I, I feel unaccepted, you know, like I feel lost, I feel blah, blah, blah. And then I, um, I remember, I remember calling my mother and just, I'm going to get a little emotional yeah. about this, but I just breaking down and saying, like, I want to come home. And I, I wanted to face it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to face that divorce and that split. And I said, I want to come home and I need to talk to someone. And that's the hardest. Heart, that's the, the hardest, hardest thing, thing to admit. admit to yeah. say, I need to talk to someone. And, I know, need help. I need help. I yeah. need to talk to someone. And it's not you, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you, Dad. And, you know, guys... I'll, I'll share a whole podcast about my story, but, but, but you know, like it's it's hard. It's really hard to ask for help, and I would have, my therapist, my counselor, wow, I, I don't go to her anymore. She's in a different state, but if I could tell you, and I'm getting the chills, literally, mm-hmm. look, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the chills talking about how much she has helped me deal with situations, confront people, talk to my mother and father about situations, bloom me into the person I am today. Because as, you know, Kelly McCosh told us on one of our last episodes is that when there's a traumatic event that happens in your life, guys, that stunts you. Mm -hmm. That can stunt you into a certain age um, into your life and it prevents you from growing. And Robin, I'm so, I mean, I cannot, guys, I wish I had, I wish this was a vlog. I wish I could show you Robin right now, and she is like a little burst of sunshine. She is one of the most beautiful women 
And it just, you know, it's, it's, yes, I love it because it's like, wow, it's not even just beautiful externally, but like beautiful internally. She's constantly laughing and like for, for her to overcome and, you know, body image guys, it's not like you're like a light switch, like on and off. God, no. Y'all, it's all within you. We all know it. Like you're shopping for jeans, you're shopping for a swimsuit. It's not in all you. And we're talking about body image and and, and, um, and just, you know, the strength to like own yourself and mm-hmm. be powerful within yourself and just like, I love it. Now the runways right now, they're just so, I'm going to say they've got more normal people and I'm yeah. not, and I'm not going to body shame because people are thin, people are tall, people are small, people are mm-hmm. this, that, whatever you see the commercials yeah and it's so beautiful it is, it's, and it's and I'm really just I'm like rubbing my little hands it's like <laughs> I'm getting so excited because I'm like wow like you know I, yeah. I know what it feels like and you know like my parents divorce I know what it feels like to feel completely lost completely alone yeah and and I also know what it feels like to ask for help and yeah. to tap in um and say like and, and I want to hear your enough is enough story. I want to hear it. So, like, let's, like, dive into that. Like, you struggled. You, you what? What was the next step? You Because you had to confront your yeah. family, but did you? Oh, that was years later, though. But, that but, was, like, four but, or five years. <laughs> but did you get help on your own? Like, did you? Was, I, what was that day that you were like, F this. My, enough is enough. Yeah, my story is a little, it's, it's interesting. I've never really, so I cannot applaud enough people who do reach out for help because it's one of it is not a moment of weakness that is one of the strongest things you can ever do it takes so much courage and bravery to do that I cannot express how amazing that is um and just to go back of like you know that moment you broke down you're like oh my god I need help and it feels like this shameful thing uh because we all walk around like everything's fine all of us portray that. It's a social media thing, right? This is my highlight reel. I'm fine. I'm strong. Nothing bothers me. When everybody has a storm inside about something or something they've gone through. Um, and so, but we all walk around that way, right? And even when we do reach out to help, it's not like you went around telling people, all your friends and peers, like, you guys, I, I'm going to see a therapist. Isn't that great? And everyone's like, oh my God, wow, go Catherine. Like, no, you keep that to yourself too. And then you get better and... But to the outside world, you're the same person. Nothing has changed because they just get Catherine in social settings, right? Even, like, my closest friends didn't know. And, you know, I told them, and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. You know, because all they get is that facade you put on all the time. So even when you go through stuff and you get better and things improve, everyone just sees the same thing. So everyone's like, well, I don't want to say anything because no one else around me is having any issues at all. Mm-hmm. So my story though is is a little different. I was just struggling. I after my freshman year of college, um, I slid down the fireman's pole. Mm-hmm. That was my I spiraled no. really hard. Yeah. yeah. So sophomore year was and probably why do you one think of that the, is? It was because um when I went to when I started college, like when I, I came back, um I was lived overseas with my family for a while, we moved back to the States. Um, and I lived was living in Australia and everybody's a little more accepting. Everybody's very nice to each other. It's like body images. The school I went to, I'll just really paraphrase, but basically that school was way more accepting. There were no really defined cliques. Everybody was kind of nice to each other. I was still sick and struggling, but I mean, just going to a nice school wasn't going to like cure me. 
Um, but it wasn't a more accepting setting. And it was a great school. I came back to the States. It's not like that. Western culture is extremely critical. Uh, we're very judgmental. Um, like everything we've just talked about, and I'll get more about body image and it's total bullshit boxes that we get forced into that we don't need to, but it's, it's very hard to fight. Um, so I came back and I was in a dorm. You know, mm -hmm. I can't. Dorms Throw are, up after guys, every dorms, meal in a dorm. Dorms are not you know? like they used to be. I, you know, I was in a dorm. I was in a shared bathroom with an oh, entire floor of I girls. Days. And yeah, and so I gained weight actually. I, you know, if you're looking at pictures, I'm like, oh my gosh, she got fat. But I put on a solid 15 pounds, and to me, that was like horrifying. And people actually kind of made comments, you know, that I gained weight, and that pushed me over the edge. I got my own place after my after freshman year. And just bottomed out. I that was probably one of the darkest years of my life. Um, you were alone. Did you seclude yourself? I, no, actually. So I, <laughs> it's very weird. I, I again, I'm an extrovert. I so I would constantly ha be around people to distract myself. Um, I lived with two of my girlfriends, who are still one of my two very best friends to this day. Three actually. Um, sorry, Laura came in a little later. <laughs> Shout out to Laura. Mm -hmm. uh, but. <laughs> I was surrounded by them all the time, um, and that helped a lot with just not being totally consumed by my thoughts, because um, being alone was, like, my biggest fear. So I ended up dating a guy, um, not a bad person whatsoever, um, not the right person for me, but I was so afraid of being alone uh, that I, I stayed in that relationship too long. Again, he's not a bad person, just not the right one for me. Um, and then, so I was always around people, but I managed to hide it. Um, but as far as the way I viewed myself, that was one of the worst years of my life, by far. Um, and, but that same year, I, my people I worked with uh, convinced me to go to a CrossFit gym. Like, they were unrelenting. Have you met CrossFitters? I'm a CrossFitter now, die hard. You guys. For obvious reasons that I'll explain, but if you've met a CrossFitter, you get it, right? They are all about it. They won't stop until you fucking try it. <laughs> like, you're going to go to a class and you're going to love it. And I worked with two people. I worked with two people who were like that. And physical fitness terrified me. Again, obvious reasons. Um, but they put on a free class, and they were like, "Now you have to come. It's free. Come on, just try it." And I was like, "Fine. Like I'll go. I'll get it out of the way." And I met some of the most amazing people. Shout out to Port City CrossFit in Wilmington, North Carolina. Met some of those amazing people who I'm still best friends with to this day. Um, and I met women there who were so body positive about me, about themselves. Again, I've opened up to them about it now. And, like, no one no one is, like, fully in love with their body most, most of the time. Unless they put in some serious work. Most of us are going through life like, fuck yeah, look at me. I'm the hottest <laughs> shit ever. Like, we're all going through stuff. But I met women there for the first time in my entire life who were, like, excited about being strong and excited about gaining weight so they could like squat more and it was like I was like I don't understand like you're excited about having muscle but like you're gonna have to put on weight to do that like I don't I don't understand and they were so excited for me to get strong like they saw me and how weak I was and the guy who runs it was like pumped up like we're gonna get you so strong like you're weak right now but like just you wait you're gonna be great <laughs> and I was like what what are you seeing what are you seeing in my like fragile weak body right now I couldn't even do a push-up on my knees you guys oh my gosh like people were like oh well, you've always been fit no if I was a natural athlete 
Hell no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I started out bottom of bottom. So anybody who's like, I can't do it. I'm, you know, I'm in this physical state. Yes, you can. Um, So going there and they were like, you're going to come back, right? And I'm like super FOMO. Yes, girl. (laughs) Something I've had to work on a lot. Um, I don't like disappointing people. That was huge for me. I hate, like, couldn't disappoint people. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll come back. And I kept going back and I kept going back. And it put me in probably the worst physical condition I've ever been in um, because I was working out and had was not addressing any of my nutritional issues. So I was so basically you were still you are still, still binging and purging, still completely malnourished, but now working out five days a week. So <laughs> for three months, I was beat to shit. Um, and I was like, I don't understand why, you know, this isn't getting better. <laughs> like, I thought everybody says when you exercise, you you get happy and then you get strong and it fixes everything. I was like, why do I feel worse? Um, I feel good, like, after a workout. Like, oh, I did that. Yay. Everybody's, like, happy with me. And then my body could not recover. Mm. I stayed sore mm. all the time. My body couldn't recover. And I remember after one workout, um, the bruises that I was mm. covered in, um, were just so appalling. I have a photo of it. I'll find it. Um, I look like I was in a car accident. Oh, my God. And I just, like, I haven't really talked about this, but I look like I was in a car accident. And I was like, this isn't normal. (laughs) This isn't normal. I shouldn't have to cover my whole body because I did a workout. So, thankfully, again, thankfully, like, I said, okay, enough's enough. And it's the energy we talked about. As soon as you kind of open up, to change and possibility and, and genuinely wanting to move on from the state you're in. I tell us my clients, like, it's as simple as that. It's simple, quote, unquote, simple, but opening up. Good things will, opportunities will appear and chances will appear for you to start making some changes. And they offered a free nutrition class. And I took this super basic nutrition class, like the basics of basics, and I took my notepad and I was like, so ready. I was like, I'm going to learn everything and like fix myself. And they were telling us like, simple stuff, you know, this? like um, my old gym back in North oh, Carolina at, at a CrossFit gym. Yeah. So we all got there and they pulled out like the weight benches and, you know, they're going over like protein, fats and carbs. And that was my first introduction to macronutrition as well. So that's again, tracking your protein, fats and carbs, making sure you have appropriate amounts uh, for your body to reach your goals for you to like have your optimum performance and it was like this whole new literally learning any language like I didn't know fruit was carbs like I had no idea about anything like and I met with um the gym owner's uh, girlfriend who like also ran the gym and we went over like what I eat and she was like okay well you don't eat very much and what you do eat is just carbs you eat just carbs and I was like oh is that bad she's like yeah <laughs> you have zero protein in your diet like your body is probably eating itself so I bit the bullet and I kind of hired her as my macronutrition coach um, and she gave me a set of numbers to follow and it started out in an unhealthy way I would say but my obsession about food I was able to channel into hitting a set of numbers so my perfectionism my I have to do this perfectly you know she my coach has to be happy with my performance I gotta hit these numbers I would hit my numbers perfectly every single day and I would have definitely have my bad days. I would have my off days where, you know, I would, you know, throw up or something. But for the most part, I was consistently eating more food and keeping it down than I had in, like, eight years. It was – and my body, like, my body within two weeks was a whole new body. 
it was mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing like and I just totally got hooked and so I'm still fighting at the, the mental portion but the reason I tell people I mean CrossFit or, or any physical activity my as my body got stronger it was a lot harder for my mind to tell me that I was weak I couldn't do this I couldn't do that I would never get better and I was like fuck that I just learned how to do a pull-up I can do a pull-up now which is like something I told myself I could never do because it's too weak and I wouldn't, I probably could never have done a pull-up. But when you do something that you've told yourself or someone else has told you for, like, literally your whole life you can't do, like, your brain starts to literally, like, rewire itself. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I believed so much that I couldn't do this. And one of my coaches one day was like, just try it. I was like, I can't do it. He's like, have you ever tried? I was like, no. He's like, all right, we'll try one right now. And I did it. And it was he has no idea. Probably I should like reach out to him and tell him. But like that moment was a huge, huge pivotal moment for me doing a pull up. Like, it. and that's why fitness changes people's lives and people get addicted because that feeling of like accomplishment is real. It's, it's so, so real. real. And it's like you, you with yoga. Well, yeah, me with yoga, and I, you know I do a wide amount of other activities and sports, and you know it's like. Uh, it's like, who was I talking about? Oh, yes. I had Tommy, Tommy Casano Tommy <laughs> on the show, and he, and I, you know, went to one of those. It, I, I wouldn't call it CrossFit, but it was a lot of hit and stuff like that, which really freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, did, the guys, this was like a couple weeks ago, and I did kettlebells yeah. for the first time. I did the rope, the battle rope. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I get fun. It was like, I feel like, like a badass. Imagine like, um, like, <laughs> Like olive oil, olive oil, <laughs> olive oil with like the battle ropes, and it was like, and people are like whipping it out, and I was like, oh my god, whipping it out. <laughs> oh my god, it was hilarious. So, um, so anyways, uh, it's the same thing. I I would tell myself, I can't, I can't, I can't, and it's it, this is what I tell my clients, mm-hmm. and and you kind of you kind of um touched on this is that um, you know what I tell my clients about the mental aspect. And the gut brain connection with that, mm-hmm. and you talked about this with like oh my gosh, yeah. You know, I don't know if we you, want to dive too much into nutrition because the well, whole thing, but yes, no. But like, when you're weak huge. in your gut, when you're weak in your gut, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's like the recycling symbol. When you're weak in the gut, then you're you, you're weak in the head, mm-hmm. and you're going to be playing these mini stories over and over and over. You're going to be making a story for yourself and paving a way that oh my God, is yeah. not you. Um, when you're strong in the gut, when you've got the bacteria all settled, the, 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 the uh, there's a reason yeah. people say go with your gut. Go with your <laughs> and, like, gut. Like it's a yes. saying for, that like clicked. I was like, holy shit. That's when why they strong. say go with your yes. gut because your head and your gut are connected. When you're strong in your there's gut. So much happening you're, there. It's a solar plexus. It's your core energy. And when you're strong in your gut, it totally overpowers your brain. Yeah. That's what you told yourself. It's like, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. No, like, you can't tell me shit. Like, like that can't be true. You're not strong. Like, yeah, I I just did that thing and was strong. So that doesn't make sense that I'm telling myself I'm not. And I do want to touch, um, because I have to, because I'm just being honest, (laughs) but I do want to kind of bounce back to what you said about the macronutrients and that way of counting, because I want people to kind of, like, be aware of this, that... All of our bodies are different. Everyone yes. has different nutritional needs. Counting your macronutrients, um, it's one way to build muscle, to build um, 
you know, certain types of balances um, with the nutrients. But I do want to be very, very clear that that's just one way. And yeah, that everyone totally has different way. body needs. Some people need... Um, some people need organic acid testing. Some people need much deeper work. Um, you know, some people may need more proteins or more carbs. Um, oh, just yeah. the way that their, their body is. Like me personally, I'm a fat burner. I'm mm -hmm. a, I've had tests done on me um, where, like, I my crossover rate and my recovery weight or <laughs> recovery uh, rate <laughs> recovery rate is much further than a lot of other people where they need to replenish with carbs. I'm a fat burner. So everybody mm -hmm. is different. So macronutrient is. is just one way. Um, and it takes a lot of tinkering. Like yes. it's not just like, oh, eat this amount of protein, fats, and carbs forever and you'll be fine. Like, no, no. It takes a lot of... Yes, and that's just changes. the baseline. That's not talking about micronutrients. Exactly. That's, a whole, that's the whole next step of like, yes. okay, you need to hit these numbers. Generally speaking, you need to get close to these numbers to give your body... The fuel it needs. Yeah. Now you get into okay, where are my carbs coming from? Where's my protein coming from? Where's my where are my fats coming from? Right. And if you eat all junk, you're gonna feel like shit. Yeah. Well, and and, and, and we're not labeling one thing good, one thing bad. You know, because people may need further testing. And I, I always recommend people get further testing, yeah. working with a nutritionist and getting you know if they need a blood test done or seeing um, environmental toxins and what they have on your mm -hmm. body and the. Uh, nutritional, the enzymes that are going yeah, into your body. Absolutely. So, anyways, um, there's so um, many things you can do yes. to help yourself. Um. So, okay. So, moving on. So you got through that. Well, I mean, we're all. Yeah. Thanks for listening. That's all. <laughs> yes. No, we got we got through that part. And uh, let's say you graduated college. You were in mm -hmm. uh, North Carolina, and then I you moved the back time. out to California. So I never actually, this is the first time, like, I moved to California after college. So this is, I've only been, I've only been in California for two years. Um, it was all kind of a, long story short, my parents weren't meant to be out here. Like, we weren't all supposed to be here together. Um, just chance has it, you know. Are you from North Carolina? Uh, well, I'm actually from the UK. So, oh, uh, yeah, I, I know, know I'm, I'm British. I don't sound like it, but uh, you met my parents. Very British. Uh, I left wow. when I was eight. So, and then we moved to North Carolina, and then my dad's job moves us a lot. So then we moved to Australia, back to North Carolina, and now my parents and I are in California here, and then my sister stayed in Australia. So we're a little wow. spread out, and then the rest of the family's in England. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, That's I know. So I moved cool. a lot. Um, well, did you have a question? Like, <laughs> 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 wait. So you moved <laughs> out, you graduated college. And, yeah, there and at this point, were you, were you through, did you go through a recovery program? I didn't, know. So I still, or I had convinced myself, I, yeah, I convinced myself at this point. So I've been doing CrossFit for a while. I've been doing CrossFit for two years at this point before we moved out to California. And I've convinced myself I'm better. I've convinced myself because I don't binge and purge anymore, you know, that I'm better. And I've beat it. And that's much easier to, like, than dealing with all the shit you're actually carrying around. Um that I, I'm cured, I'm fine. And so we moved to California, my ex-boyfriend and I moved to California because uh, he was a beach volleyball player, so we moved out here. Um, one of the best decisions I hope we both ever made. <laughs> I, I hope he's doing well. Um, it's definitely the best decision for me. I mean, my life would not be the same. And so I owe a lot to a woman named Kathy Kristen, uh, my old boss, uh, when I worked at a company called Elevated Fitness and Nutrition. Uh, and she basically forced me to go to a Tony Robbins event. She said, 
I get tickets discounted because I've been through his whole program, blah, blah, blah. They're like, you know, under a grand, which is great. You're going. And I was like, I don't have the money, blah, blah, blah. She was like, Robin, you find the money and you're going to go. And I owe that woman so much for making me go. Um, and I owe him so much to Tony Robbins. I know. But he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, Tony Robbins, if you are one of those people, I'm sorry. Listen to him. He is an incredible, just superhuman, so much giving, so much love. And that event, encourage everyone to go. That is where I actually addressed all the shit I'd been carrying around. All the mental when stuff. Was this? this was last March. I'm coming up on my one year. Um, of uh, like, I would say being, being complete, yes, of being honest, there you go, yes. of being honest, of being my true self, like last, this past year has been so incredible, and it was at that event where I talked about my eating disorder for the first time ever, to a stranger, um, yeah, to a stranger, and I'd never mentioned it to a single soul, and then I opened up about it, and I broke down, oh my god, like letting it out for the first time was one of the most like cleansing things I think I've ever done. The weight that lifted off me to just say it out loud for the first time to another human <laughs> was like, it was so beautiful and amazing. I could never have expected how I was going to feel to do that. And I dealt with a whole bunch of stuff at that event. And after that, I, I just started telling people. I told my parents, which was the hardest one, but I told my parents um, I told my ex-boyfriend at the time, and I started telling my closest friends, um, because I felt they should know before, you know, like, at that point, I still wasn't like, oh, am I going to come out and tell everybody on social media? Because, again, you tell yourself, like, well, no one needs to know, like, what is it really going to do if other people know? And I told my closest friends, so many of them, as well, when I told them, shocked, but then they opened up about stuff they were dealing with, mm -hmm. depression, mm -hmm. body image issues, deep ones, and that they were then, they then felt comfortable to open up about exactly and it it was amazing I was like I almost during that process I did this over the course of like two weeks of telling people because I was like I'm telling everyone I'm like I'm done with secrets I'm done with like you know pleasing others and all that bullshit I'm done with it I'm, I'm telling everybody I'm living that way I want to live um and the amount of people who opened up back I was like okay this is exactly what I needed. Now I almost feel like I have to keep telling people. I have to keep sharing my story. If I've already allowed, a, like, you know, this amount of people who I love deeply to feel a little bit better and open up about this, who else can I help, you know? It, you know, it, it does, it does create a global positive change of oh my gosh, awareness. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like the most recently, the, the whole, the Me Too, the, the Time's Up, mm -hmm. you know, guys, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how that has opened up doors and it's not like people are trying to we're really not trying to bash people we're just trying to bring clarity and bring things to the table and say yeah. things are there there and, are injustices there are things that are wrong are, there are imbalances here this is not right <laughs> exactly um and you know and it's just about regaining strength and saying you know i, I want to i don't know it's just it, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Oh, yes, and it's, yeah. it, and it, it's not like people are trying to say, oh, me, this happened. Yeah. You know, and it's about someone saying... It's people finally sharing. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yes, I, you're allowed to be vulnerable, and now I'm allowed to be vulnerable. And yeah. and it's, it is kind of like a high bouncing off of each other. I mean, I live with two females, mm -hmm. and, and we talk a lot about relationships, for instance. And oh, yeah. 
Yes. We talk a lot about relationships and guys. And, and sometimes there's like, it's like, well, F him. And, and then there's like, oh, wait, you're talking to him again? You know? and, but it's the same thing. It's yeah. like, it's like a, it's a good soundboard and it's a good, it's a good way to say like, how can I help you? And how can you help me? And what can I do next? Suggestions and stuff like that. It's really empowering. Yeah, and I think some, like, so I'm trying to explain this. Um, What I love most about it is the women coming together. I know it's brought on by centuries, honestly, of, like, injustice and wrongdoing and things like that. But think about guys. So... Think about men. Locker room talk, for example. <clears throat> men walk into a locker room. They're joking. You know, they're joking around. They're talking to each other. There's like a bro thing. And it, just across most men, just generally speaking, they've got like a man bond. Like they're kind of okay. You know, the, again, locker room to, the locker room to me is like a perfect example of it. You go into a women's locker room, no one's talking. No one's chatting it up. You know, everybody is looking at each other up and down comparing themselves I guarantee you in most men's locker rooms they're not doing that they might a little bit but they're not analyzing themselves comparing body parts obsessively like some might be as it generally speaking generally speaking though it's happening a lot more with women because women view each other as threats competition and not in a, a great way I listen to Flawless by Beyonce almost every single day I suggest everybody does we'll get yes. to positive self talk in a minute put that shit on and the feminism speech in there at the end, crank it, just be in it. <laughs> but that's kind of like women put up walls against other women typically. People, and, women dress for women. Yeah, I mean, my partner asked me this the other day. He's like, when women like, why do you guys look each up uh, like other? Like, why do you look each other up and down so much? Like, men don't do that. Like, I don't look at a man and look him up and down like that. <laughs> like, I was like. Women just do. They're sizing the other girl up. They're looking at women. I was like, honestly, if I do it, and this is honest, (laughs) it's if I like someone's outfit, if it catches my eye, I'll look a woman up and down. But he's like, I've seen, like, a lot of women, like, they just, like, look up and down with this, like, very intense, intenseness. And I'm like, I don't even notice, honestly. And he's, he's like, why do you guys do that? And I was like, sadly, it's, it's a comparison. It's a subconscious yeah, it's, threat. Me- it's like, a judgy thing. Yeah. It is, unfortunately, because not everybody's there yet. And I, if a woman does that to me, I'm not like, bitch. We're <laughs> all in different stages, and it's what we've been taught. It is no one's, I don't look at, like, it's no one's fault for doing that. Because it's how we're, like, it's what we're told to do. Right. It's kind of what, how we've been forced, we've been forced into this situation where that's how we view another woman. Threat. Exactly. You she's going to be mean to me or, you know, is she going to just detract from me? Am I going to look less shiny because she's brighter? Am I? Exactly. It's a constant with that. And it's back to the cliques of high school and that's why cliques happen. Yeah. It's all external. Completely. Um, we were so yeah. obsessed with our appearance. So obsessed. And it's so sad. We have so much more to offer. And Speak with our mouths, not with our eyes. Yeah. It, it's kind of crazy, so I think we can, I don't know if we can come back now, but Let's come back, to yeah. body image and, and how to actually address that, because that's something I, this past year, or I'd say the past six months, I've become really, really focused on, is act, how to take action towards improving your body image, Yes, because it's really nice to talk about it, it's really nice to say, you should go to yoga and take bubble baths, and <laughs> you know, like read yourself a poem, put on music you like, and you, you know, show self, like... You just got to love yourself. Just love yourself. Like, 
But when you're almost, in that place where you don't, you're like, oh my God, time. I want to love myself so yeah. hard and I have no idea how. How do I do this? I took a bubble bath. I still don't like myself. I did <laughs> yoga. I still really don't like I myself. I painted my nails, then I chipped Yeah, like, what do I do? And it's not so much the physical stuff that you do. That helps a lot. Showing yourself love and taking care of you. Hygiene, treating yourself, getting your nails done, going to yoga, showing your body some love. That is super important. That's definitely a part of it. But so much of it is, is internal. And what you mentioned about self-talk and telling yourself stories, I would say that is the number one factor in turning shit around, is getting rid of the I can'ts and fighting against them. I didn't really realize I was doing this. Um, I didn't realize how important it was that I was doing this. I honestly felt like kind of crazy at the time. Um, Talking to yourself. You know, in moments where I was like feeling shitty, and like, oh, you can't do it, and the anxiety's coming back, or you can't do that, you're like, you're just not as good as that person. Or like, why is life so hard? Why is this happening to me? I would literally say outside, I'm like, oh my God, stop. Just stop. And I would make myself say out loud um, things that were good in my life. I would start there, because like, external, it was still hard for me to start by saying, like, say things you like about yourself. Or I would say, name as many things in your life that you love and that you're thankful for and that are great. Yes. You know, you're, you have two parents that love you, you have your sister and your family and your friends and you have a roof over your head, you have a job, like you're employed and it's not a job you fucking hate. You have a car, you're going to college. Like I would name all the things that were good in my life and I was like, and I didn't really realize at the time I was practicing gratitude, like actively. And that started to help a lot. But, and I still do it. And if I'm like in a mood and you know when you get in a mood for like no reason you're just being shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like cranky. Yeah, you're like, you're just like feeling funky and you're just not being great. I'll still do it. I say, I, this is like now it's so natural to me. I'm like, say three things you're grateful for. Yes. I just I have, do it. I have friends that force me to, uh, like I had a guy friend that like, I was having just really, like everything was just like. Yeah. Because you have shitty days. Yeah. You have shitty yeah. days. People were yelling at That's me. That's fine. Clients and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, say three three things that you're grateful for. And it's like, I said it with a frown. Yeah. Like, hi, 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 you know? But then it's like, it's like, yeah, it's that thing. Like, really feel them. It. And it really does. It really does. You make it. Eventually you make you it. You make really it. do. But, but let's go back to the the, um, the self-love, self-care thing. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because that is a good point because I just did actually a blog post about this yesterday um, and kind of... <laughs> saying guys I'm 30 and it took me 30 years to realize that yeah. I was allowed to give myself s- stuff time air you know yeah. <laughs> like a breath of fresh air for me I'm very good at filling other people's cup mm-hmm. um and saying a lot of us that are. I don't deserve that time for myself a lot of people give the most guilty. love have the least love for themselves right. oftentimes not everybody and that's not, changing but right not to say that I don't love myself but I'm becoming more and more schedule oriented in that 6 p.m. I'm done. I'm closing my computer. It's my time. Yeah. I'm going to read a magazine, whatever. But I was talking to a girlfriend this morning at yoga yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah. um, about about that. And she's like, you know, I realized something about self, self-care, self self-love. You know, it's going back to the bubble bath, you know, or mm-hmm. massage. She goes, I'm a very touchy-feely person. I, I, over time and time again, would try, get massage, get a Reiki, get... Uh, nails done, take a bath or whatever. And what I came to realize that my self-love and my me time, my self-care time, was that I needed space. I needed to go get in my car, drive to 
uh, drive to, um, you know, the wilderness mm-hmm. and just run yeah. in a desert. I needed space. <laughs> yeah. and, she was, and I had to feel not guilty about that. So I'm going to redefine. The guilt is so real. The guilt God, is so the real. Guilt. And I'm going <laughs> to redefine what self-care and self-love is to what is self-soul-serving. Yeah. So what's going to fulfill your soul? You know, what's going to make you feel really warm inside? And it's almost like a little secret to yourself. I feel fucking fantastic. (laughs) You know, like, so, so I'm going to redefine that. But, but yeah, Yeah. about the body image, and it's not just women, even though it's an international women's day, it's men too. But let's talk about, um, you play flawless. You you (laughs) play flawless. You're flawless. Um, and you, um... You, you do positive affirmations. What are some other things that you can kind of share with our listeners that, you know, that, yeah. that have worked for you, may not work for them? Like, yeah. some people may need to, like, literally go pick a walking stick up and, like, go tap trees around, you yeah. know, in the woods or go so for as far as, like, learning to love myself, um, I had a lot of good conversations with people. You got to work through some stuff. Like you just said, what works for me doesn't work for everybody. Um, I really like just talking about things and talking about things that you that you hold on to, like cleansing yourself of stuff that causes you insecurities and, and doubts and, and things like that. A guy didn't realize it. I broke up with my ex boyfriend of four years. And that um, was that was a that was a release. Yes, that was a release. Like I I didn't realize how insecure he made me feel and how much I was pleasing him. Uh, again, I was so bad. Like, my ex such a dick. Like, he didn't, you know, I, was, I lived to no, please him. But I did. But can I, can I hold your thought? Yeah. Because let me, this is a true thing. And I've had many girlfriends, even guy friends, tell me, like, why do I keep going through all these bad relationships? Well, when you are not in a good position with yourself, that vibration attracts, attracts the, the like vibration. Or it attracts the people that see you as weak. It's a predator prey thing yeah that want to take advantage of you not to say that your ex-boyfriend wanted to take advantage of you yeah no and he didn't he just it was he was without knowing it exactly because that was who i attracted and and so i was completely living to please him completely and so when i broke up with him he was like in shock like what do you mean we're perfect together and i was like I, i was like i know it's really hard for you to understand because i seemed like the perfect girlfriend for you but that's because i changed everything about myself to for you to be, to be the girl you. you wanted me to be and I'm not gonna do that anymore so if we stay together trust me you're not gonna like it <laughs> I'm not gonna turn into some like crazy person but I did everything he wanted to do I my humor I changed my humor to be more like his I I completely changed and so getting out of that relationship was a big one um I had already kind of done this naturally i because I came to a new place, and I was in a better headspace to surround myself with positive people, but I definitely cut out people who were not serving me being my best self. And I know that sounds so... Everybody says that, not serving you being your best self, but you can feel it. When somebody does not mm-hmm. have your best interests at heart, you know it in your heart, in your gut, and even if it's really hard, you know, even if it's your best friend. Because you've just allowed this relationship to go on for so long. And they're a negative impact. They're a negative force. They're keeping you in place. When you try and start to work out, they give you shit about it. You know, they try and pull you away from what you want to do. And that doesn't make them a bad person. They're dealing with their own stuff too. But 
cut those people out. If you make an effort and you open up to them and say, hey, I'm really trying to make these positive life changes because I don't like where I'm at and I want to be at this place, are you on board with that? And if they are not on board with it, you gave them a chance. You know, you said, hey, I want to bring you along with me. If they don't want to or they're not ready, I'm sorry, you have, like, you you take priority. And then maybe they'll join you later. You know, I'm not saying, like, right. cut people out left and right, like, no, I'm blocking your number. But in order to move on past that, you can't have just dead weight with you. And it's freeing yourself of those of that weight that you carry around, all the shit you carry around, like, the just suckers. dropping the baggage. I call them the suckers. The su- yeah. They suck your energy, and they suck your life energy. Yeah. And your, your brilliance, your vibe. And I yeah. talk to... I talked to another one of my good girlfriends, and I'm going to interrupt you again about um, <laughs> about you know everyone that you meet in your life or everyone that you have some sort of relationship with is a direct reflection of something that you either need to deal with or something that is transforming you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. It's so true. That's why I, when people say you're put in my life for a reason, everybody is. You can learn something from every relationship, so I don't look back on those four years like, oh my god, what a waste. I'm like, wow, I learned so much about who I want, who I am, how I want to give love, how I want to receive love, the type of partner I want to be with. I'm with the best partner ever right now. He's so amazing, Um, and he's what I deserve. I don't think like, oh my god, like he's too good. I'm gonna like lose him. He doesn't think I'm good enough. I'm like, hell no. I love the shit out of him, and he loves the shit out of me, and it's awesome, and we're very open, and again, you ha- we have hard talks, we have things we've dealt with, and we still work on the relationship, but it's amazing, and knowing, it's just being open to that, and knowing you deserve a great relationship, and it's different for everybody, um, but definitely cutting out people uh, that don't serve that. Um, oh, the energy. Yeah. You said something, and I was like, I really want to go off that, but oh, another thing, though. I so strongly believe the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. That's when I heard that I was like, Explain "Oh this. my god!" So, human connection is so powerful. I mean, you were talking about this um, on your podcast with Kelly about your breakup mm-hmm. and that relationship you went through. How much did that impact your life? That bad relationship, oh my right? God. You know, you how went down the fire pole. I went. like effing down the fire like, pole. As far, cause no pun no, intended. Because <laughs> that relationship you were in, that human connection, the most one of the most hum, important human connections in your life was bad. It was negative and it was destroying you. That's mm-hmm. why people, you know, have clients and things like that and they have horrible relationship with their mother and it's manifested in the way they treat themselves completely. You know, the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. We want to be loved. We want love. We want to love others. We want to be liked. We want to feel connected. That's why it's so important from, like, when you're born. That human connection, it can totally mess you up. That's why daddy issues are a thing. Yeah. Like, everything. I mean, everything's intertwined, but... So take care of those relationships. So do not give to people who don't give back. You know, and it's not a tit-for-tat thing, but you got to be around people who support you and bring positivity into your life. Otherwise, you you can't change. Like, it's so much harder if you've always got that thing, like, weighing you down. I know it's not easy for everybody. It might be family members even. Um, but starting that journey will help a lot at least. Like, becoming aware of the things that are holding you back. So when they present themselves as a barrier, you can go, okay, this I, know this is, I knew this was going to happen. It's not true. The things they're saying are not true. This is not actually what... I, you know, that's not who I am. 
that's just something they're saying. And then you're able to kind of move past it or, or do what you want to do anyway. But when we believe the things these people are saying um, and the realities they try and impose on us, that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah. Because you do deal with people a lot who yeah. have family members who are like this. And you're like, I, you can't just not talk to your mom. I do. Well, you know, and let's talk about family members. But I do want to thank you for kind of bringing that into my face um, about the relationship because it is about what certain people will try to feed into your brain. Absolutely. Um, and I, 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 I'm not talking about myself too much, but, but that, that one, <laughs> that one relationship did have a profound effect and did take a lot of years off of my life because yeah. I let it. And I'm like you, I'm kind of a, I want to do this on my own to try to heal from that mm-hmm. relationship. You know, I took myself overseas to Southeast Asia by myself for three months. Um, I remember times where I was like, I just almost died, you know, riding on the back of a stranger's because I hitchhiked, on, you know, on a motor scooter. And I was like, I almost, I almost freaking died, <laughs> you know? And, um, but, it, but it was like one of those things. It's like, I, I was told in that relationship and amongst other things, which maybe I can share at a later time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was told time and time again by that person, you are crazy. You are crazy. You oh are crazy. Oh my god. That and, is the biggest one. And that, I hate and, and that. so now whenever someone says you're crazy, like even if it's like, <laughs> you're like I'm like I'm what? <laughs> I'm, I'm not crazy. And I, you know, but but when you are broken or excuse me, when you are freed and when you allow yourself to be freed and you then find quality relationships yeah. in your life that support your quality of mind, that support your quality into a positive body image. Mm-hmm. Um Whatever it may be, body thoughts, mind thoughts, um, you know, it's almost overwhelming how much, mm-hmm. how much blissful opportunities are literally soaring your way. And you're like, oh my yeah. God, I met this guy and, yeah. you know, I, and he's super supportive of me. Like he's like a cheerleader and, and he's not, he's not afraid of me because I am who I am. And that's, that's beautiful and and it's really a beautiful thing my cousin um just got out of a long and uneventful relationship he was just such a deadbeat I mean I I use that term like not loosely even but just for years we've been like well she's just she's just not gonna you know you can't force someone into making that decision or they'll just push you away so but she finally broke up with him after like 14 years and she's wow. in her mid thirties, and it's just a fun anecdote. But uh, she's she, we were talking to her the other day. She was like, "And you guys, men are hitting on me," and we were like, "Oh yeah." She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, and I'm not even really doing anything. They're just they're just flirting with me. I'm getting hit on, and I in my mind I'm like, "And you look no different. You're older than you you've been in any in any other previous part of your relationship where you were with this guy." But just, there is an air about you when you are open to it. And she finally was, like, done with him, over it. It was literally instantly, men are hitting up. Like, good-looking guy is great. I'm like, yeah, because your energy changed. You were open to it. vibrations, yeah. Yeah, people can tell, like, ooh, that person is confident. I want to talk to her, you know. And she's loving it. And it just made me so happy. And it was a perfect example of, like, they weren't engaged. She had no ring on her finger. But she goes through life and 
you know, men aren't, men aren't talking to her and, and things like that. And it's just a little thing. She's like, I'm literally doing nothing different. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> you're, you're probably making eye contact. You're, you know, you're holding your head up a little higher. People look like they want to engage with you. Because it changes you. So the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. And I so strongly believe that. And that's, uh, yeah. And, oh, f- fun anecdote or little, like, tidbit here. Um, they did a study, and I talked about this on Boomer Bust page I thought it was so cool they did a big study um, on factors that impact longevity so what's going to keep you alive longer Um, and in the like top 10 there's obvious things that ranked higher like not smoking not being an alcoholic not being a drug abuser so those are high Um, and then health and fitness were like just below that so if you're not a health you know if you're not smoking drinking doing drugs health and fitness then I'd say are a little higher but then the top two the second one, so the number two thing that's going to make you live longer is um, your close relationships. So that's your spouse, your partner, your mom, your dad, your very close friends. Um, they explained it as like someone you could call if you needed a ride to the hospital or something, you know, like yeah. that close of a person. So the quality of those relationships. And then the number one uh, is social integration. So this isn't like how much you're liked. So much like socially, but just your social interactions on a daily basis. Like, so talking to the guy who makes your coffee, you know, saying hi, talking to the mailman. Like, how many social interactions are you getting on a day? And I was like, (laughs) holy shit. That's the number one thing that's going to keep you around a couple years longer. Like, just talking to people. Exactly. Keeping that alive. And then your close relationships. Because then you hear those stories where it's like, oh, he passed away and then she died the next day. You know? Yes. That happens that very regularly. That happens very regularly because they're like their bodies are like we have to stay alive for this person. My heart is beating for this person, and it's real. It is real, and so I think people don't put enough importance on relationships. We put importance on a lot of other things that don't actually matter or impact us because that's what the media tells us we should care about, like our outward appearance. So we become like totally obsessed with that. And body image and things like that. And we might be with somebody who thinks we have a great body. They might love how we look. But, you know, society's telling us we don't look like we should. So we're then not good enough. And it's like, well, this person couldn't actually genuinely love me or think I look good. And we're focusing on everything else other than what actually could be the most important thing, which is the connection you have with another person. And I could talk a whole bunch on relationships. I love talking about relationships so much. Um... I listened to um, this really, really smart woman, oh, she's Esther, Esther something. I have to send you the podcast. It's so interesting. The insight she gives to relationships was like so beyond anything I've ever heard about. And one of the things she said was, um, oh my God, wait, what is it? It's, I just had it. So, oh no, what was the other thing? Oh, okay. So we go through life, right? And relationships are so important. And any other decision we're going to make. You know, we're going to buy a house or, like, anything you do. You're probably going to research it a little bit. A little bit. You're not going to try something for the first time and know nothing about it. But we go into relationships blind. Like, it's all trial and error. We do very little, like, oh, I'm going to read a book on how to be a good partner. Or, you know, oh, we're in a fight. I'm going to read about, you know, I'm going to look up articles of relationship psychology and see maybe the best way to go about handling this. Oh, my girlfriend's acting this way. You know, we do nothing to help ourselves in relationships. Rarely. Some people do, which is great. But generally speaking, we're not doing anything. It's all trial and error. We just kind of like, 
And that's why we end up in, in rela- like bad relationships one after the other. Because we're like, oh, that was a bad relationship. But Oh, here's another one. I'll, let's try something different this time. But, but we actually have no idea. But the thing is, talking about relationships, and uh, we're going to have to wrap up a little bit okay. soon. But on relationships, you know, the quality of your relationships determine the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. But I think where this is all kind of funneling our whole discussion for today mm-hmm. about mental awareness, positive body awareness, that else. energy, <laughs> that yes, that energy, that vibration, that empowerment, whatever yeah. you do, the control you have over the positive thoughts, yes. um, it all starts with the relationship that you hold with yourself. Yep. So. Do you have anything else to add for our little honesters out there? Honesters, it's possible. That's my main thing is it's possible. It really is. And I know it's kind of scary and overwhelming to think about where to start. But start by just, start with the gratitude. That was a big one for me. If there's like a takeaway, like an action item, practice gratitude. Say things out loud, like list things in your life you're grateful for. And even things that you like about yourself. That one's a little tougher, but if you can, list things you like about yourself. Things that you're good at, skills, um, people in your life. And then just gratitude for the, your, the life you have. And, and that you're worthy of kind of living it. And then look at your relationships. And the ones that are good and make you feel good, reach out to that person. Even if you haven't talked to them in a while. If you know that person makes you feel good, reconnect. Yes. Like, try and... Try and nurture the relationships that matter to you. Like, start doing that a little more because you'll start to feel better. And the more you hear positive things, like if you're around people who make you feel good and tell you you're great, be around those people. Right. <laughs> like, I do out with them. And just be nice to yourself. Challenge the voice in your head. I know it sounds silly, but challenge it. It will keep talking and it will come back. It is relentless. It still pops up in my life. It still comes in my ear. And... You gotta shut it down. You gotta shut it down. It's constant because the world we live in is constant. It hasn't hasn't changed yet where we're not told to look a certain way and if we don't, it's bad. That is the world we live in, so you have to fight it. But it's totally doable and it's a day to day thing that you do. When you wake up every day, you, my alarm literally says make it a great day. Aww. <laughs> it literally says make it a great day or make today count. Those are the two in there. Like because yeah, it's, it's, it's a daily process. It's not going to happen overnight. And you have to work at it every day. You know, a couple more things. I'm gonna, and then I'm going to ask you one last question. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to kind of stem this out to all my <laughs> listeners. Is that I think we should play by the rule of kind of like what the, you know, the airports have been saying. <laughs> if you see something, yeah. say something. <laughs> so if you see, even a stranger, if you see something, Someone is just radiating. I, I love doing this because I just talk to everyone. I work from home a lot, Same. you know. So I see someone at the grocery store because I'm constantly there <laughs> for clients and such. And um, and I'll see someone with, like, bombing shoes. Like, awesome. And I'll be like, <laughs> girl, those shoes are amazing. Or even a guy, like, like, oh, that's a cool shirt, you know. See something, say something. It'll make their day. And plus it's the truth. You yeah. know, they need to hear it. See something, say something. If your girlfriend looks down, say, are you okay? Even if she wants to punch you in the face and be like, don't ask me that. Because, you know, eventually she'll want to talk about it. But more on the positive level. See something, say something. Yeah. Um, because you never know what someone else is going through. So my, my very last question. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Ready. 
Miss Robin, <laughs> what is your honest truth that has led you on a path? And you may have covered this. What is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Oh my God, my one truth. Um, <laughs> my one truth. Oh, that is a tough question. I feel like I talked about it in so many like broken down pieces. Um, my one truth. It's probably gonna sound very corny, but no. what I'm doing is enough. <laughs> yes, it's enough, and I feel like that is something that we all struggle with so much that it's never enough. You know what we're doing is is enough. I should I could do more. I should have done this. I should have done that. And what I'm doing is enough. Like what my body is giving me, how I look, how I feel, like the work I do is enough. That doesn't mean I'm not striving to do more. And, you know, the work I put into my body when I work out, the way I eat and things like that. Yeah, I want to always be improving and feel better and look better. And that's not in a narcissistic way anymore or like an obsessive, like I don't like the way I, how I look. I like seeing what my body can do. I like seeing what my, like what I can do with my skills and so now it's just exploring and pushing things further rather than proving things to myself, proving that I can look a certain way or proving I can do something in life, proving I can get this job, proving I can, you know, it's not about that anymore. And that was really freeing that I'm enough. And, oh, another big one, another big, big one was that what I went through has made me stronger, mm -hmm. not weaker. Mm -hmm. That was huge when I realized, like, holy crap, I managed to do all this stuff in life really sick. You know, I was I was dealing with a lot of stuff, and I still did, like, all this awesome stuff. Like, I still lived a life. I still had friends and, like, formed relationships and connections and got the jobs and did all this stuff. And so looking at your past and seeing, like, I wouldn't be myself without it. I am a puzzle, and a puzzle needs all its pieces, even the mangled, ugly, dark ones, and I wouldn't be myself without them. So once you kind of accept that, like, your past isn't, like, this thing that will, like, you know, taints you. Like, I'm almost kind of glad, not glad, but I'm kind of glad it happened, because I don't know if I would be me. I don't know if I would be as close with the people I am with, I am now, and I wouldn't be as close with my parents, my sister, like, because of that, and... Yeah, so I think those are my two. I love it, girl. Thanks. Seriously, girl power. Girl power. Girl power. Women's um, day. So where, <laughs> where can people find you if they want to kind of like reach out to you? Yeah, if they want to reach out to me, um, you can go. So I actually am co-founder of a company called Bloomer Bust. So you can go to bloom underscore or underscore bust. Bloom or bust. Uh, or you can just find me. Um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram as well if you just want to reach out and talk to me. Um, it's a far less enthralling Instagram, but <laughs> it's open. Uh, so it's Bank Robin, uh, Robin with a Y. Uh, my name is Robin Dealey. I think it'll be posted on the thing. I will, my name. Yes. And yeah, if you want to reach out, please do. I It was uh, Eating Disorder Awareness Week last week, and all the people who reached out to me, it was like such an honor and a privilege that people opened up. It, every single person, I just felt so grateful that they chose to do that and actually share with me. So if you want to talk, please do, yes. um, and I won't try and, like, make you do anything, like, I'll be like, oh, you should open up and, like, you know, share all your feelings and <laughs> experiences with well, we will definitely, definitely, um, share your contact information please on do. our show notes, um, and guys, um, I thank you so much, Robin, I, 
God, I am so extremely grateful <laughs> for you. I'm appreciative Thank of you. you being an open book and sharing yeah. your vulnerability, your story. Thank um, you for, for sharing as well. I know that every, wasn't something you expected. Well, for everyone, and gosh, I have more share. Yeah. Uh, for, for everyone to hear, because everyone needs to hear this. Um, and, you know, guys, we're live on iTunes. We'd love your support. You know, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcasts. <laughs> Just being honest is who we are yeah. and we're bringing you more and more honesty as they come and if you want to hear more stories and more um honest truths from people like robin um we we need your support and we'd love your support we love doing this um another thing is rate us rate this episode send a comment send a comment to robin to me what do you want to hear what do you want to talk more about um what did you like what did you not like um High fives to y'all. Um, wow. Again, thank you so much, Robin. <laughs> Thanks for and, having me. Thank um, you. This was uh, an, yes, another episode of the JBH podcast. Woot mm-hmm. woot. <laughs> um, this is KB, your host, health and lifestyle manifestation coach. We will talk to you very soon. Kiss. Yes, hug, hug, <laughs> much of many. I will talk to y'all very soon. Until next time, peace, love, all the above. Ciao.